Welcome to Live Daf, your online Daf Yomi Shir. Shalom Aleichem, welcome back to today's Daf Yomi, which is Mayit Katan Daf Zayin. We begin right on top of the Amid, and we're going to pick up with that discussion regarding protection of one's crops. So the farmer is trying to protect his fields from the Ishus, from the Achbarim, all these types of animals, creatures, and pests. How do you go about it on Choyl HaMoyed? Tanakama maintains, no concern, just do whatever you need to do. Employ whatever uh, means and methods that you typically do. You're trying to protect your field. It's a malacha for the sake of protecting from financial loss, hefsid, which is mutter on Choyl However, Rabbi Yudha Eimer, Misada Ilan Kedarkai, True, you can employ conventional means to trap these animals, provided we're speaking about a potential hefsed meruba, sadi ilan, orchards, fruit trees, which can be severely damaged by these pests. That justifies employing these uh, these conventional uh, methods to trap the animals. But when it doesn't involve such severe financial loss, umi sadi alavan, a grain field which apparently doesn't really get damaged that severely, perhaps they don't eat it as much, the damage isn't as great, then although you can engage in getting rid of the pests, but it needs to be done with a shinoi. You have to deviate from the norm, shaloi kedarkan, perhaps it's more cumbersome, uh, more difficult, but you have to keep with the, with the spirit of yamtiv. So you have to do it a bit differently, to indicate today is chalamayit. Tanarapan, how do you go about this? What's considered norm? What's considered non-conventional means? Ketzat Kedarki. So typically, you are Chayfer Guma. The farmer digs a, a ditch, upon which he hangs up this trap and traps the animal. So that's Kedarki. Ketzat Kedarki, what's considered a non-conventional method. Noyitz Shfud. He takes a rod, a bar, inserts it into the ground, right above where these animals live, on top of their uh, tunnel, takes a hammer and bangs away which crumbles the earth, the ground beneath it and collapses their home and that's how you get rid of them so it's a bit of a more a cumbersome a tircha method but it's like a dark it's, uh, it's deviating from the norm in keeping with the spirit of Tanya, we learned in a price Although, according to Rabbi Yehuda, and actually this corresponds to the Chachamim in our Mishnah, that if it's a Sadi Lavan, which isn't necessarily going to be exposed to such severe damage, you, you must do it Shalai Kedarkai. That is only said, the grain field is next to the city. But if you had that sodi love next to a fruit tree, next to an orchard, where damage can be great if they go from one to the other, I feel then you can apply ordinary standard procedure to trap these animals. Why Shema Yetzum is Sure, now they're in the Sadi Eleven. But what's their next stop? They'll go from there, and destroy the trees. So we take the future into account. And in anticipation of this hefsed maruba, of the fruit trees being damaged by these pests, you can go ahead and employ conventional, effective means immediately 
to rid your field of these pests. Mishnah spoke about repairing a breach in the wall. On Chalamoid, you should just uh, do a temporary job. What does Mekaren mean? Ketad Mekaren, what is considered a temporary procedure? Rabbi Yosef Amar, employing uh, uh, branches and uh, hutzas, yeah, palm branches, dafna, some other uh, sticks from a branches from another type of plant, another tree. So you're just taking branches and sticks and you're shoring up the breach in the wall. That's it. The rest you take care of after Yamtif. The Masisatana and the Bryce we learned a bit differently. You can use uh, stones, but don't cement them. You can add stones without adding cement. That's considered a temporary repair job. You meant to know that this whole concern, when is this said? When do we only allow a temporary job to be done? It's a fence around your garden. So you're just trying to protect your, your plants, etc. So, temporary procedure is enough. And more is not allowed. But if the wall around your courtyard, around your house, around your property, where you have your belongings, where you live, was damaged, that wall can repair properly. Why? So Rashi says, because over here you're dealing with potential, uh, immense, immense pseudo. If thieves get, find a way into that property, and rob his possession. So, in the case of a Kaisal Chazar, says go ahead and repair it properly. Protect your property. Perhaps we can have a riot to Rav Chizda from the following price, which says, Kaisal, if you have a, a wall, presumably we're speaking about a Kaisal of a Chazar, or Hagoyche, which is leaning precariously into the street, Lushisa Rabbim, and the passerby are now in danger. You can demolish the leaning wall and rebuild it to protect from Sakon. So you see, they can go ahead and repair a wall, properly repair a wall, reconstruct a wall when necessary. Let's assume, in our case as well, that would be Mutter. Answers the Gemara, no. The Bryce explains itself in Pnei that's an exception because of potential harm and danger being posed on the passerby. But in our case, where it doesn't involve Sakana, perhaps it would not be Mutter. Some actually brought a kasha from this price on Rav Chizda, who says they can go and repair your Kaisal Chatzar properly. What does the Brysa say? Toshma. Listen to the Brysa. Kaisal Hagoycha. This wall is leaning over dangerously into the street. Soiser ubayne kedarka. Mipnei sakana can rebuild it to avoid sakana. Ah, mipnei sakana in. Apparently, it's only because of sakana that opposes shloim mipnei sakana loy. But otherwise, you wouldn't be allowed to repair and rebuild a wall. Leimatei habat yufted rav chizda. Perhaps this is going to be a kash or rav chizda, who allows rebuilding a wall even in a non-sakana situation, simply simply to protect property. Amuch rav chizda. No, of course, in my case, it's mutter. The sakana element over there extends the heter even more than I do. How some 
Look at the wording of the Brysa. It's leaning over. It's posing Sakana. So what do you do? What's the solution? You demolish the wall and reconstruct it. That's going a bit further. That's demolishing a pre-existing wall and rebuilding it. And that's only mutter because of Sakana. In my case, of a case of I'm not proposing that you should demolish a wall. It's demolished. It's broken. It's just rebuilding. It's not demolishing. And therefore, in our case, you don't need the Sakana element to justify it. They have said, Mom and the Yisera would justify rebuilding a wall that has already been breached. Asks the Gemara. Hasam Nabi, well, if you're telling me that the heter and that price is because of Sakana, Hasam Nabi, Lister Levni. Why are you allowing him to go ahead and demolish the wall? Okay, I understand. That makes sense. Otherwise, it's going to top over. Levni, why do you allow him to rebuild that wall? The reason is only Sakana and demolishing will be sufficient for that. And perhaps the Gemara means to say, you can now have a riot from the Torah of Chizda as well because you're allowing him to rebuild the wall of the Chatzar. Isn't that a riot that you can protect yourself and protect your possessions on Chalamayid? No, says the Gemara, that's not a riot. It came because if you compel him to demolish and without allowing him to rebuild, he's going to say, have a good day. I'm not going to break down my wall. I'm not going to leave my property exposed to thieves. <laughs> so perhaps over there is a special heter. Sakana necessitates demolishing and rebuilding. Because it's one package deal. It's not going to happen one without the other. But now a case where you don't have that motivating factor. It's already breached. Who says you can go ahead and properly rebuild a wall to protect from financial loss. So there's no real riot to have Amr Ashi, but Masnisan, I mean, if you take a look, close look at the Mishnah, the Mishnah seems to be aligned with Ravchizda. But now Mishnah tells us uh, that, that go ahead and rebuild on Chayyimoyed is problematic. You can only makar as a pirza, you can only do a temporary job on Chayyimoyed. We're speaking about a chatzar, a kaisal gina, protecting a garden, but not a kaisal chatzar. How do I know that? The Ktani, what does the Mishnah say? On Chalamayid, Makrin, right? Temporarily. But Ubishvi is Bainakadarki on the seventh year, in Shemitah. I can go ahead and rebuild, do a proper building job. Dehicha. What type of wall are we speaking about? What is it enclosing? Ilema de Chatzar, around the courtyard. Srikhalamimar. What's the Chirish, of course? On Shemitah, I can't build a, a wall around my courtyard? Not working in the land. It's not related to Mitzvah Shemitah. Why would the Mishnah have to tell me that I can rebuild a, my house on Shemitah? Oh, we must be speaking about a wall around your garden, which it essentially protects your crops. And the Chedesh is that I can do so on Shemitah. Even though it appears perhaps like I'm doing it to protect I'm creating a barrier to protect my Paris. It's still mutter. I don't have to leave my uh, garden exposed to all trespassers and, and animals, etc. So I'm allowed to do that. But on Chalamayid, where Malacha is Asr, there is a concern, and only a patchwork job is Mutta. Shema Minah, there's a riot. And in fact, the mission is discussing a Kaisal Gina, 
which on Chalamoid I have to be careful with, but on Shemitah not. But as Rav Chizah tells us, if it involves potential Hefzad Merubah, it's around this property, in that case, even on Chalamoid, you can go rebuild it properly. So bottom line is, to rebuild a wall on Shemitah is motor in any case. In the case of Sakana, you could even go ahead and demolish the wall and rebuild it. Now, Rav Chizah's Mechadish, that even the Chalamoid, if it's a Kaisal Chatzar that fell apart, I can rebuild it. But by the, uh, the Gina, we learn, no, only Makaran. This temporary job, what is Makaran? You have two Pshatim, either some makeshift uh, uh, wooden fence or stones piled up without proper cementing. Continues the Mishnah. What, what happens if somebody has a, a nega? He needs to show it to the Kayin, which might make him Tommy and Chalamayid. Does he go show it to the Kayin or not? We have a machlekes. Sure, go to the Kayin, show it to him, and it's up to him. It's his prerogative. If he sees it's okay, he'll tell you, go home, you're tired. Otherwise, he'll say, you know what, we'll, we'll talk about it later. So you can be selective in the way he responds to the, to the situation. They say no. It's either all or nothing. Don't go to the Kayin to show your nega because once he gets a look at that nega, he can't be selective in his response. If he sees that it's tar, you're lucky. But otherwise, he'll have to tell you that you're tummy and you're going to become tummy on Yamta, which is not really in the spirit of the day. Let's take a look at Rashi. About four or five lines up. Masnesen. He can take a look at the nega with the intention to um, intention of making a tar if he sees it to be tar. But loy lahachman shem roya koyin shutami. If he happens to notice that's a problem, nega ain't no klum. He'll just keep mum. He won't respond. Shem etamay because otherwise, if he makes a tummy, nimtza matzari b'wait. He's going to cause his fellow distress on Chalam on Yamtiv. Rachman Amar b'Samachta b'Chagech. He doesn't want to take away Simchas Yamtiv. So go to your mayor. Go visit the Kain, and the Kain will know to be selective. If it's Tar, he'll tell you. If it's Tamei, he'll uh, tell you to come back for return appointment after Yamtiv. Chacham say it's not up to the Kain. Once he sees it's Tamei, he can't just ignore it, and therefore better leave it alone. Don't go to the Kain at all until after Yamtiv. Continues the Gemara. Tanya Rameyorim. Royin asan the goyim lohakl avle lahachma. You can show the negative to the coin with the uh, intent of the coin just being matire. If he's so lucky, but if it's tummy, he'll just ignore it. Rabbi Yaisi Emer loy lohakl avle lahachma. Oh, so you see that Rabbi Yaisi is the sheet of the Chachamim. He says, don't show it to the coin at all. Not to be matire. Not to be matami. Why? Because it's not really up to him. Because if you show it him, hoping that he'll, he'll be lenient, he'll make a tar, he'll be forced to respond even if he notices that it's tummy. So therefore, leave it alone. And you can do that. The Gemara will bring from a pasuk. You can delay showing your negative to the coin. You can pass through the regal and then bring it to him. So, Kuntar Meir, show it to the coin. You're safe, regardless. Kuntar Biesi, don't show it to the coin. Because it's not up to him to decide what to tell you. 
Amar Rebbe says Rebbe, I personally agree with Rabbi Yaisi. It's not up to the kain. It's not his prerogative. He'll be forced to say it the way it is. And therefore, I recommend as follows. Nirin Dive Rameyab Muska. You see, there are three uh, stages in the uh, Tsaras procedure. When something, uh, a spot, is spotted on the fellow, he's locked away. He's quarantined. Muska. Awaiting further uh, inspection. As soon as a sign of tumor shows up, to white hair, etc., the mega spreads, becomes tummy. The kind says, You are tummy. It becomes mukhlat. Mukhlat means absolute. He's been, he's been committed to tumor. Once he's done the may tumor, and the kind sees that he's tired again, he has to count seven days. He may sphere seven days that he counts. Then he goes through the Tahara procedure, he brings birds, etc., and he's back into the fold. Says Rebbe, I follow Rabbi Yassi. I hold that it's either all or nothing. If you show it to the Kain, he'll have to tell you one way or the other. And therefore, Nirin Divir Rabbi Muska. I follow Rabbi Shit. I mean, Rabbi is the one who says, go to the Kain. Rabbi Yassi says, keep away from the Kain. I like Rabbi Shit by a Muska. Meaning if the fellow was already locked up and quarantined, awaiting further inspection, I hold, I maintain, I recommend that the coin should go take a look, even on Yomtev. The Gmarsum will explain the reason for this. Because it's only to his gain and benefit. He might become tar, for all you know. And even if the coin decides that he's a mukhlat now, that he's really tummy, he sees a simon tumah, he doesn't really lose much. Because he can still interact with his wife. We're going to see soon in the Gmar. So I recommend, I suggest that a musker should expose himself to the coin. However, he's already been committed to Tumor. I say, keep away from the Kayin. Leave it alone. Because as the Gemara soon will explain, at the time of Mukhlat, during that stage in his Tumor, he can interact with his wife. Although he's separate from the rest of the crowd, he has to be out of the city. But he prefers associating with his wife. That's, that's uh, takes higher priority over interacting with strangers. So when he's a mukhlat, go ahead and show, keep away from the kain. Keep away. Because he's taking a chance. If the kain comes and takes a look and says, well, you know, you're still tummy. Okay, so he's with his wife. But if he tells him, great, hooray, you're tired. Now, begin the seven yamim of Sphira during which he has to separate from his wife. That's painful. So he doesn't want that to happen. So don't take a chance. So again, Rebbe says, I follow Rabbi Yisishita, which means the Kayin has no choice. He has to say it the way it is. And therefore, by a Musgar, who's not yet really absolutely tummy, I follow Rabbi Yisishita. Expose yourself to the Kayin. What's the worst thing that can happen? It can make you a Mukhla, take you to the next step, make you really tummy. You'll still interact with your wife. That's okay. As opposed to a Mukhla, where things can get worse, believe it or not, because if the Kayin is metair him, He's going to lose his wife in the next seven days. So in that case, I follow Rabbi Yaisi, leave the Kayin alone. Visit him after Yantif. Amar Rav. Rav comes and adds to it, explains further. Let's go back to the Ikar Machlekes. Between Rameer says, go to the Kayin. Play your bets. 
Rabbi Yisrael says, keep away from the coin. All agree that if he's still pre-Kayin, he's still a tar, never visited the Kayin at all, don't go to the Kayin. The Kayin doesn't take a look at him because you're taking a big chance. He might become a Tame now. So leave the Kayin alone. All agree, leave the Kayin alone at this point. The Goyes Agra skips the next line. We go down to Kipligi. What is the Machlikis? Between Rabbi Meir says, go to the Kayin. Rabbi Yisrael says, keep away, Behesker, and we change the next word, Hesker Rishon. So he's already been quarantined, locked away. Now, two things can happen now. The, t- the Kayin can take a look and say, well, the neg is gone, you tar. Or you can actually take him to the next step, make him a Mukhlat, a really a tummy. So that's a Shailah in the Mishnah. What do we do? Do we take our chances? Or don't we? Mar Savar, Rameer says, go ahead and show it to the Kayin. What do you have to lose? Because the Kayin tells you Musa. It's all up to the Kayin. It's his choice. Etoir, if he notices that you're tired, I'm really tired. He tells him, you're tired. Great. Hooray. Back home. Etoir, if he notices a Simon Tumah, Shasik, he remains silent. So you have nothing to lose. And so much to gain. That's Rameer's opinion. Umar Savar, whereas Rabbi holds, no, you have no choice. The Kayin has to say it the way it is. Litari, or Litamixi. The Kayin's job is to tell him, you're tired or you're tummy. That's one or the other. Two sides of a coin. Two sides of the equation. You can't be selective in your responses. Therefore, says Rabbi Yaisi, keep away from the Kayin. Because if you go to the Kayin and he sees that you're tummy, he'll tell you the way it is and make you really tummy. So therefore, just stay away. Remain a musgar, and at least you're not tummy. Okay, so bottom line is, Rameyer says, go to the Kayin. Rabbi says, keep away. And the way Rava puts it, if he has not yet visited the Kayin, he's still pre-Kayin, he's, he's a real tar. But he found some questionable spot on himself. Don't go to the Kayin. You have nothing to gain and all to lose. According to all shittas, stay home. question is if he's already a muskar. He already got to the first stage. He's been locked away. Vermeer says, go visit the Kayin. Because you only have what to gain. He can extract you from that situation if he sees you to be tar. And if he sees you to be tummy, shasik will remain silent. He won't say anything. He won't lose anything. Rabbi says, no, you have a lot to lose. You're taking a chance, because if he sees Tumma, he'll tell you the way it is. You'll have to leave the town and set, disengage from the rest of the crowd. He'll be Metzayah him, causing distress on Yontif. Omar Marks, let's go back to Rebbe. Rebbe, who tells us like this, I really hold the Rebbe Yassi's shit. I paskin like Rebbe Yassi. It's not up to the kind to decide how to respond. And therefore, keep away from the kind. But, Rebbe elaborated further. Not in every case do I recommend that. In some cases, actually, going to the Kayin might help him. Even according to Rabbi Yaisi. So again, holding at this, this point, the Gemara holding like this, that Rebbe and Rabbi Yaisi had a discussion, and as we just explained, Rabbi explained to us, the discussion applies in the case of Hesker. Are you going to lose or not? Rebbe added another element. He says like this, Omar Omar, I follow Rabbi Yaisi's opinion. 
Keep away from the coin. He's a mukhlat. Oh, we haven't discussed this, this stage yet. Mukhlat is the point where he's already tummit. He's already committed to tummit. He's out of town. Out of the shalish machin. He's out of the city. Separate from the rest of the crowd. But, he has one thing going for him. He has his wife nearby, as we're going to learn soon. And Mitzvah Mukhlat can interact with his wife. Therefore, says Rebbe, if he's a mukhlat, I follow Rabbi Yaisi. Leave, leave the coin alone. Don't go to the coin at this point. But if he's only a muskar, prior, he's a pre-mukhlat fellow. He's only been locked away, not yet committed. His situation is undecided, not yet committed to Tumah. I follow a mayor in this case. Go to the coin. Because you have a good chance of gaining. I'm going to explain what's going on here. So again, by mukhlat, leave the coin alone. By muskar, go to the coin and take a chance. What do you mean by tani ifcha? We have a price which says the other way around, switches it around, that the mukhlat should go to the coin and not the muskar. What's going on here? So we seem to have two opinions within Rebbe. Which way to go? Answers the Gemara, tanoihi, I'll leave the Rebbe. In fact, there are two versions, two tanoim, who are different versions of Rebbe's opinion. Before we proceed, we just need a, a short introduction. During the Mukhlat stage in the, in the uh, Mitzvah's life, although he's out of town, he's separate from the from the Oilam, he doesn't have the Alma, the Gemara is going to say, he doesn't have interaction with the rest of the community. Right? This is Midah, Kenegah Midah, he spoke Lashon Hara, he separated people, he's now separate. But the Lachah is, he has his wife, his loyal wife with him. He's Mutah Batash, he can interact with her. That's during the Mukhlat stage. But once he's out of the Mukhlat stage, Kain says, you're tired, you're ready for the Patara process, which is basically a seven-day process plus another day. You may sphere even in council seven days. We learn from a Pasuk. He must separate from his wife. He can't interact with her. So that's the, uh, the halacha that we're going to be following. It's actually machlekes later, but that's the halacha that we're going to be following. That's the shita that Rebbe follows. And mukhat is mutar betashmish. And he may sphere his usr to interact with his wife. Okay? So knowing that, let's proceed with the Gemara. We have two versions of Rebbe. Again, Rebbe holds up Rebbe Yaisi. Once you show yourself to the coin, he's going to have to say it the way it is. Therefore, says says Rebbe, if he's already a mukhlat, don't go to the coin. Follow Rebbe Yaisi. Leave the coin alone on Yamtif. Why? Because a mukhlat is mutabi ishtay. If you go to the coin, he might tell you your Torah. Which will make him Asr Bi'ishtai. He's going to turn into a Yimei Sviray, the next stage, which makes him Asr Bi'ishtai. But if he's only a Muskar, I follow Rabbi Meir. Go to the Kayim. What's the worst thing that could happen? He'll make you Tameh, he'll make you a Mukhlat, he'll still be Mutabi Ishtai. You only have what to gain because he might make you Tar altogether. That's one version. And we have Ifcha, a bride which goes the other way and says that by a Mukhlat, go to the Kayim. Why? Because this price will hold. And that he likes interacting with the community more than his wife. That's more important for him. So at the stage of Mukhlat, he's totally separate, disconnected from the rest of the community. 
So go, go to the kind if you're mukhat. You only have what to gain. You might decide that you're tar, in which case you'll start your tar process and you'll reconnect with the rest of the community. So although he loses his wife at that point, but he has the community back. Tanoi Aliba the Rebbe, two versions of Rebbe. Mar Savar Tzapsa the Alma Adifle, the second version of Rebbe, which told us that a Mukhat should expose himself to the coin. That's because, according to that perspective, connecting with the with the community at, at large is more important to him than interacting with his wife. That stands higher on his list. In which case, a Mukhat should go to the coin. He might go ahead and tell you your Torah and you'll start your Yemei Sphira, although you have to disengage from your wife at that point. You lose your wife, but you get the you get the oil back. You get the community back. Omar Savar, the first version of Rebbe, held the other way around. According to that version, the Mukhat should keep away from the Kain because he might harm you. The Kain might make you tar, in which case you'll start your Yemei Sphira. You have to disengage from your wife. Omar Savar, Tzavsa, the Ishta Adifale. He prefers interacting with his wife. Therefore, come to that, Shita. I mukhlat. Don't go to the Kayan. Rather stay tummy and have your wife than turn into a Yimei Sphere process which disengages you from your wife. Okay, perhaps let's go through Rashi and then uh, we'll summarize it with a chart. So Rashi is right off to the, uh, on the left side here. Mar Savar, the Shita that held that a mukhlat should not go to the Kayan, Holds that Safsa the Ishta Adifla. He prefers interacting with his wife. So therefore, and he's only a Muskar, go to the Kayin. If the Kayin decides that he's Tar, Yippee! And even should he decide to make him Tami, make him a Muchlet, sends him totally out of town. In which case he can't interact with people. Didn't she the Alma? Afilohi. No harm. Leslie Tsar. He's not uh, distressed. Though Islay Tsafsid Ishta. He still has his wife. Umutur Bishta. This Yachid Ima. Mechiluta. He can interact with his wife during that time. So Muskar should go to the Kayin. He only has what to gain. So by Muskar, I follow Rabbi. Go to the Kayin. Vidi Rabbi Muchot. I recommend following Rabbi approach, meaning keeping away from the coin in the case of a mukhlat. He's already committed to Tumma. Keep away from the coin. Stay that way until after Yom Tov. Why? I feel him entirely because in this case even if he makes him tar, he's causing him harm. The Avag of the Shorle Machni Yisrael, because although he allows him back into town and he can interact with the community it's late but he's still going to be experiencing distress. The last late Safsa the Ishta, he loses his wife at that point. The Asru, the Kivan, the Matar, the Michalutim, the Boyle, the Mimni, Shema, the Sviroi. He has to start counting those seven days. And all he means is wife. All he means is wife. Go back home to your wife. So, Yashab, Mechutz, the Ole, refers to his wife. During Yemei Sviroi, he has to disengage from his wife. And that's his top priority here. If he loses that, he's going to be a bit sour. So that explains this shita. The shita that holds that a muskar should go to the kayin. At worst, he'll make him a mukhlat. Big deal. He still has his wife. A mukhlat should not go to the kayin. Because 
he's running the risk of turning it to the next, going to the next stage of Matsur. He may sphere part of the Tahara process, which requires disengagement from life. Umar Sava continues Rashi. The other approach was held that a Mukhat should go to the Kain. That she holds. Safsa the al He prefers interacting with the community at large. That stands higher than Ishtar. Hai Tana the Omar. Omar Rebbe. This approach that cited Rabbi Shita in a way that he holds like a Rav Meir, meaning he should go to the Kain by a Mukhlat. And a Muska should keep away. That approach held communal interaction stands higher than Ishtar. And therefore, so when he's a mukhlat, he has to keep away, stay out of town. That's stressful. And therefore, he should go ahead and expose himself to the kain. Because the kain decides that he's tummy. Can't make him more tummy than he, he was until this point. But there's always the chance that he makes him tar. He's going to enjoy it. He's back in town. He's... Interacting with everybody. can't interact with his wife. Communal interaction stands higher in his mind. So a mukhat should visit the kain. But a muskha should not visit the kain. Why? Don't go to the kain. He might decide that he's really tummy. Make him a mukhla. Take him to the next level. And send him out of town. In which case he'll lose the community. He'll use that social interaction. So although he has his wife out there, but he'll lose the community, and he'll be with Sar. So that explains the two, the two uh, versions of Rebbe. So bottom line is, that Rebbe follows Rebbe Yesi. It's not up to the kind to decide what he's going to say. You see it, you have to say it the way it is. If it says, Rebbe, I have recommendations. In the case where it can incur damage and harm, leave it alone. Don't go to the kind. Skip it for the meantime. In a case where you can benefit from going to the coin, go to the coin. Okay, so let's just summarize the Gemara up until this point. What is the Allah regarding taking a look at a nega during Choyl Hamoyed? We have a mayor who says it's up to the coin to decide. Royal uh, Lahakal. He can choose to be Matar if he sees fit and to keep quiet if he sees a problem. Rabbi Yassi holds, It's not up to him. If he sees it, he has to say it the way it is, whether it results in a kula, meaning tar, or in a khumra, meaning tami. And the way Rabbi explained it, if this uh, potential matzara is right now tar, never visited the kain before, keep away from the kain. Don't take a chance. He's already in the stage of muskar, been locked away until further notice. In that case, we have a machlekes. The mayor says, have the coin take a look at it. And if he's it's, he sees it's tar, he'll send him home. Otherwise, he'll just keep quiet. He's not going to take him to the next level of mukhlet. Rabbi Yassi says, no. Don't have the coin take a look at him because if he notices that he's tummy, he's going to have to. He's going to be compelled to be metamim and be metzairim by sending him out of town. So, don't go to the coin. Rabbi follows Rabbi Yassi. In principle, he follows Rabbi Yassi. It's not up to the kind to decide how to react. Now, before we go into Rabbi, we have to know that a Mitzvah Mukhlat is Mutabi Ishtar. 
But once he gets to the next step, Mesfiroi, which is part of the Tahara process, he's also Bishtoi. So knowing that, we'll understand Rebbe's opinion. Rebbe says, actually there are two versions of Rebbe. According to version one, the, uh, the Muskaran can go to the Kain. Why? Because at worst, he'll make him a Mukhlat, in which case, he'll have his wife. This she holds Ishtai Adif. Although he loses the crowd, he has to stay out of town, but he has his wife, and that's more important. A Mukhlat should not go to the Kain because he might take him to the next level of Yimei Sfira, which compels him to give up his wife. Second version held the other way around. A Muskar should not go to the Kain because he might turn him into a Mukhlat, in which case he's sent out of town, he'll lose the crowd. Tzavsa the Alma is more important for him as opposed to a mukhlat, should expose himself to the koyin and run that chance of perhaps becoming uh, a tar and embarking on the mace sphere, where he'll get back the crowd, although he loses his wife for the next seven days, but he gets back the crowd, and that stands higher in his mind. So now working with the assumption that a mukhlat is muta betashem shamita, but once you get to the next phase of the mace sphere, you're us. That's going to be the focal point of the next sugi agamar. Remember the mukhlat, mutar b'tashen shamit. Do you mean to say that a mukhlat is mutar? Allowed to interact with his wife? And yes, certainly. Vatanya. Bryce says, V'yoshav mechutz la'olei shivasim. This is after. This is at the next point, when he's already experiencing the tahara procedure during those seven days. V'yoshav mechutz la'olei shivasim. He has to remain outside his tent. It's just a term. She also shamita like Rashi brought. He has to disengage from his wife during that period. referring to a wife. After when that is engaged, go and tell them to go back home. There's a girsa Rebbe. Rebbe Aimer. This is specific to Yemei Sphira. Rebbe Aimer. Shivas This halacha is. Limited to Yimei Sfira. Yimei Sfira, Yvelo Yimei Chaluta. So the Isra Tashmash only applies to Yimei Sfira, not when he's actually um, in a severe Tumah state. So it's a little bit ironic. During the Yimei Chaluta, he can interact with his wife, but when he's going through that Tahara process, on his way to become Yitar, he has to disengage. And this, in fact, was the Shitas Rebbe mentioned a minute ago. And this was the basis for our whole discussion. That a mukhlat is mutabishtai, but not a fellow experiencing the mesphere. But we have a dissenting view. Rabbi Yisibar Yudo Aimer, no. How can you say that? Zayni mesphere is asa betashmish kabachaymel mechilute. Of course, when he's immersed in tumma, of course he's asar betashmishamit. Varabchia, Dante, Lefnei Rabbi. I presented my argument in front of Rabbi and I said, Actually, you yourself taught us. I sort of was supporting his shita. Rabbi was the one who says that that uh, he's muta betashmish during imei chalutai, and I actually supported it. I said, "Lematan Rabin, you yourself taught us that Yoisam was born when Yoisam loyhoyo was a matzera." And when did he have his son Yosem? El b'mei when he was in the state of Mukhlat. So apparently, a Mukhlat is muta b'ishtay. Amr lois, Rebbe responds, 100% right on. Afanika hamarti. I myself held that way. I concur with that. Sure. A Mitzayr Mukhlat is muta b'ishtay. 
So my Kamiflaki, what's the machlekes here between Rabbi who says Muchat is mutter, and Rabbi Yisrael Yehuda disagrees. Rabbi Yisrael Yehuda Savar Golu Rachman of Meisfiri. Although the Torah speaks about keeping a distance from one's wife during Yemei Sfiri, of course we call Shkem Of course that applies when he's actually tummy. Isn't that self-understood? If you're also during the entire process, of course when you're you're tummy, you have to totally disengage from the community at large, from your wife. Umar Savar Rabbi holds no. We can't draw our own conclusions. My the gully gully, whatever the Torah revealed, gully. The Torah tells us. My gully gully, what the Torah did not reveal, meaning we don't know what the, the reasons behind these halachas are. My the gully gully, my the gully gully, gully gully, whatever the Torah did not explicitly say, for instance, that whether or not he's usher, don't you make it gully, has not been told to us, and we assume by default that he's mutter bisht. Okay. So this concludes this segment of the sugi. Let's go back to the mission. This fellow has a potential nega. Should he go to the kain? Should he not? Rabbi says, take a look at it, just in case you're lucky. Rabbi says, no, keep away. That means you have a right to keep away. You have a nega to show. Lemeimra says the gemara. The bekoin tell you milsa that kain has a choice. It's up to him whether or not he wants to see the nega. He can say, look, come back in a week. And yes, certainly, it's up to him. Under certain circumstances, he can delay the appointment. Vatani as we went to the price. Ubiyoim Hero Ispoy. This is a Pasak by Nega. And we learn from here. Yesh Yoim Shatarayim. There's a certain day that you're gonna see the Nega. Sometimes you see them. Some days you don't see the Nega. So you're not obligated to go take a look at the Nega. We can't umble. We learn from here. Chasan. Chasan. After his wedding, by nega. Suddenly he sees a, a nega. Nice and loy. We give him a, a leeway. We we allow him an extension. We don't take a look at the nega for the next seven days. Zayin yimei mishta. That's why he experiences his shavah brachas with simcha. We don't interfere with his uh, simcha. Whether the nega is pertaining to his body, loy will obey. found in his home, luxusay on his garment. V'chein beregel. Likewise on yamtiv. We allow for that delay. We can wait until after Yom who learns from this Pasuk, some days are accepted. You don't need that Pasuk. I have another Pasuk for this. A straightforward source. Take a look at the Pasuk. This fellow has a potential nega in his home. And the coin takes looks. I see trouble. So you would think that he issues his verdict immediately. No, says the Pasuk, Before he issues his verdict, makes the house and all its content, Tommy, Koin issues a, instructions. Go ahead and clear out the house. Get out the, the kale before I'm a Tommy the house. So we allow for some delay. We're allowed to delay for a non-mitzvah reason, just to save himself a few pennies. Because really, the only thing that are really going to get uh, damaged are the klecheres, which can't uh, have tevila. So we're so concerned about this fellow, and we we delay the tumah to accommodate him. Koshkin var mitzvah, of course, it involves a mitzvah like sheva brachas, like some chaseregel. We're going to delay matters to accommodate it. Might be now. Is there any difference between two two approaches? Whether it's that pasuk or this pasuk? Or Rabbi, you know, there isn't much of a difference. Mashmo is doishin ikibanayot. It's just a question of 
where to take the drash from, but practically speaking, there's no nafkamina. Baraba Amarno, there is a nafkamina. True, when it comes to the neg on the house, we do we do delay a bit to allow for removal of content, even though it's not a, a mitzvah activity. But a nega on one's person, on one's body, can that be delayed for a dvar harashus, for a non-mitzvah concern? That's enough kamina. Rabbi Yudah, who learns from Ubayyayim Hero's boy, some days are accepted, regal, shivisimiyah mishta, dafka mitzvah activities allow for a delay, but not non-mitzvah activities, not just for convenience, not just to accommodate the balanega, whereas a Rebbe, who learns from a Vitziva, that is pertaining to Advar HaRoshos, it's not a mitzvah concern, he seems to allow procrastination even for a non-mitzvah reason. So Advar HaRoshos, Ikebenai, Rabbi Yehuda. Now, what does Rabbi to do with Rabbi's Pasuk? Apparently, even if a Advar Rishus we allow delay, Muslim like Abrin, he can't learn from there to a nega on one's body. I understand that the nega bias, which is not personal, it's not on one's person. There we allow delaying for other reasons as well, but a nega on one's person is only allowed to be postponed for Advar Mitzvah. Muslim like Abrin, we can't learn from the nega bias. The Chiddushu, the whole concept is an anomaly. It's a Chiddush. Typically, playing pieces of wood, stones, but not a kabbal tumah. So the fact that a house can become tummy, that's a chiddush gadol. Something unusual. Yeah, the Torah limits it. The Torah restricts it. And the Torah allows for some exceptions, for delaying, for dvar shus. I understand, but in the case of the negah one's person, in that case perhaps, delaying is only allowed for dvar mitzvah, not dvar shus. But in any case, uh, all agree that uh, we can delay if it's a regal, as we learn now. Bezer Hashem will continue and so get tomorrow. Okay, so what do we learn today? This farmer who was uh, being plagued by by pests, how do you go about it? Tanakama says, Kedarkai, we usually do it, set up a trap, dig a hole, etc. Rabida says, it depends. A Saudi Ilan, which can incur tremendous damage, then you can do a Kedark. Likewise, if it's uh, infesting a Sadi Lovan next to a Sadi Ilan, we can spread into the Sadi Ilan likewise. But if it's just a plain Sadi Lovan, you have to do it Shiloh Kedarka with a Shinoi. We're not building a wall on Shemitah and a Chalamoid. A Shemitah is no concern whatsoever. A Chalamoid, if it involves Sakon, you can do whatever you need, destroy it, rebuild it. But otherwise, so if it's uh, a Kaisal of Agina, then according to the, the Mishnah, you could only be Makrinas Apirza, some temporary procedure, whether it's Husavadafna, twigs and branches, or, according to one approach, stones without cement. Rav Chizaz Machadish, by a Kaisal Chotza, where you're protecting your property, conventional, building as mutter as well. What about taking a look at a Negan Chalamari? Rav Machlekes, between Ramir says, sure, take a look. Just in case he's lucky, he ends up being tar because it kind of can be selective in his responses. If it's tar, he'll tell him. If it's tummy, he'll just ignore it until after Yom which you're allowed to do. Could there be a C? No, you have no choice. You have to say it the way it is. So the bottom line is, if this fellow had never yet come to the coin, leave it alone until after Yom But if he's a Musko, he's already at stage one of his nega, awaiting uh, inspection. He's uh, been locked away, pending further observation. 
In this case, you have machlekes. Rameya says, show it to the coin just in case you're lucky. He'll make you tar. Rameya says, no, don't show it because he might make you tummy. In which case, you'll be worse off than you are now. Rabbi tells us like this. I follow Rabbi Yaisi. The coin has to say it the way it is. Now, being that a coin muchlet is mutter b'ishtoy, but once he gets to the next step, tara process, may sphere is also b'ishtoy, the following situation will occur. We actually have two versions of Rabbi. According to version one, he prefers interacting with his wife, and therefore, when he's at the musgar state, go to the coin. He might make you tara. He might make you a muchlet, in which case you maintain your relationship with your wife, and that's fine. But a mukhlat should not go to the kohen because he might take him to the next step of a mesphere. If he decides that he's kohen, that he's tar, he might take him up to the next step, in which case he'll lose the heter with his wife. According to version 2, Tzavsa the Alma, other flight, he prefers interacting with the rest of the community. Therefore, when he's a muskar, stay home, don't go to the kohen because he might take him to the next level, make him a mukhlat, in which case he'll lose all contact with civilization. As opposed to a mukhlat, he should go to the Kohen because he might get lucky. He might take him out of that Mukhlat state and make him a Yimei Sfirei. In which case, although he loses interaction with his wife, but he regains civilization. That's more important for this fellow. And we proceeded with the discussion regarding the Mukhlat and the Yimei Sfirei. Which one is Asr Be'ishtoy? All agree that Yimei Sfirei, while he's counting seven days of Tahari's Asr, by Mukhlat we have Machlekes. And Rebbe held that a Mukhlat is Mutabi Ishtoy, which was the basis for the previous discussion. We concluded with this chiddush that a coin can delay the appointment with the Ibal Hanega until after Yom Tov, after Shemitim HaMishta. Rabbi learns it from the Pasuk of Yom Yeroiz. Boimish teaches that, that he can uh, take off some days. Rabbi learns from Mavitzivya Koin Opinas Abayis. He can delay uh, issuing that verdict until he salvages all his content. Zero Machlek is going to Rabbi Yes. In the case of Rashus, a non mitzvah concern. Kunt this exception is only applied to a mitzvah. Regal, a chasm, but not a dvarashus. According to Rebbe, he learns from Mitzvah Koine Pinus Abayis, where he's just trying to salvage his, his kalim. That's a dvarashus. And apparently, even for a dvarashus, we can delay matters to accommodate the Balhanega. All the best to you, and much, much atzlacha.